So I'm Mark Philp. Uh, I've worked on Godwin for a long time. Uh, I'm a member of the Department of Politics and International Relations. We ran a project digitising and editing uh, the diary of William Godwin, which runs from 1788 to 1836. It's now available online. Uh, you can find the URL on this website, uh, or you can just stick it into Google as Godwin's diary and it will come up. My first question is about um, Mary Wollstonecraft and Godwin. What can the diary tell us about their relationship and how it was perceived? So, uh, because it's so cryptic, it's, you have to look at it quite carefully. Um, we tend to tell a very kind of romantic story about their kind of relationship. The diary doesn't. Uh, it just says, here's Wollstonecraft tea, or you know, supper, Wollstonecraft. Uh, so it doesn't give you any of the kind of detail. There are letters that they, they write uh, to each other that sort of help fill that out a bit. Um, what you have to do, I think, in order to understand how the relationship kind of develops is to begin to plot the way in which their meetings take place and who else is present and how frequent the meetings are. And that's then a way of being able to show that this relationship is gathering intensity uh, and significance. Um, for example, why is Godwin writing in May in the diary on the 22nd and the 23rd of April, 1796? Is he referring to the father of Wollstonecraft's child, Frank? So when Wollstonecraft was in Paris, she met this man, Captain Gilbert Imlay, and they had an affair, and a, they had a child as a result of it. And Wollstonecraft tried to sustain the relationship. Imlay wasn't very interested. Uh, he sent her uh, eventually on a business trip for him in um, Sweden and Norway, from which the letters kind of come from. Uh, but, and she thought that was a way of getting back into his favour. He came back to London uh, and he demonstrated over and over again that he wasn't interested in sustaining the relationship and she tried to commit suicide on two occasions as a result of that. Now, it's, Godwin re-meets Mary Wollstonecraft. He first met her in 1791 uh, at a famous dinner held at Joseph Johnson's where Tom Paine was present. Uh, and they both went along because they wanted to talk about and talk to Tom Paine. And actually, the two of them spent the evening arguing with each other. Uh, and Paine really didn't get a, a word in edgeways, according to all kind of reports. Um, and they'd met each other sort of, uh, sort of on and off after that, uh, two or three times before Wollstonecraft goes to Paris. They re-meet at, at a, a friend's house, Mary Hayes, uh, at the beginning of 1796. Um, and they get on much better, uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. The relationship with Imlay is more or less kind of collapsed. Uh, Wollstonecraft is beginning to kind of move on. Um, as they become closer, Godwin sort of involves her in more and more of his circles. And the, the, the dates that you've uh, mentioned on the 23rd, 22nd and 23rd of April, it's very odd. It looks as though it must be a reference to Gilbert Imlay. We're pretty certain that Gilbert Imlay isn't in the country. Uh, and on the basis of collateral evidence from the letters and so on, it's clear that what Godwin has done is recognised that although he always refers to her as Wollstonecraft in the diary, 
she was presenting herself in London as Mrs. Imlay. Uh, and these events on the 22nd and 23rd were ones where uh, people that he placed a considerable amount of importance on, and it includes Parr and Mackintosh, uh, Samuel Parr uh, and James Mackintosh, both fairly eminent kind of people. He was aware that they would expect to be meeting Mrs. Imlay, not Wollstonecraft. So, and his, his perception of the kind of sensitivities of individuals is such that he writes Imlay in the diary, I think almost unconsciously, that he knows that he's going to have to present her as somebody other than the person that he's actually kind of relating to. Um, this, this, this may seem strange to us now, but the practical implications were quite significant. As was demonstrated after they got married, uh, there was a very famous encounter at the theatre where Godwin and Mary Wollstonecraft were going to meet Elizabeth Inchbold. Elizabeth Inchbold uh, <coughs> was a very close friend of Godwin's. Uh, she was a novelist and a playwright, and a very successful uh, playwright at that. But as an ex-actress, as a lady of the theatre, she had to be very careful about her reputation, how she was perceived in public. So once it became apparent, obviously, when Godwin married Wollstonecraft, it demonstrated to the world very publicly that she had not been Mrs. So therefore she was a, a fallen woman, uh, having had a child with him. And Elizabeth Inchbald publicly uh, uh, spurned her, uh, wouldn't talk to her, uh, which upset Godwin uh, uh, greatly. So uh, I agree with Mark, there's this unconscious recognition of, of her as Mrs Imlay. And I think Godwin expected something more from Elizabeth Inchbald, being a close friend, sharing some of, some of his political ideas. Uh, but it just goes to show that the importance of propriety public performance of propriety at, at this particular moment uh, in, in British history. So f for all the radicalism that goes on in the period, all, you know, all the emphasis on kind of social change and so on, I mean, Godwin's political justice was advocating the end of marriage and kind of suggesting that people would, you know, uh, wouldn't be interested in each other on a kind of sexual basis or wouldn't care very much about you know, who was the father of which particular child. Mm -hmm. Uh, for all that, actually, in their social lives, they were really very kind of queued up and clued into the fact of you know, that reputation matters and it could be very, very costly. Mm. So did it, it didn't bother Godwin about Mary's previous relationship with Inlay? No, it didn't. Uh, I mean, and interest, I mean, it's an interesting question because he's very accepting of... Uh, people's pasts. Mm -hmm. um, lots of the people he knows have you know, damaged pasts in, in, in kind of uh, 18th century terms. Um, and his second wife, uh, Mary Jane Claremont, also had two illegitimate children uh, that she brought to their marriage. Though it's not entirely clear that he knew that. Mm -hmm. uh, and but it, it also <laughs> has to be said he's, he's uh, less accepting his own daughter is involved in uh, eloping, uh, and also with his sisters as well about their yeah. their sexual behaviour. Um, so he, it's, it's it's somewhat contradictory, I think. Uh, but he, uh, so I think the the contradictory elements are, Godwin always thinks that he knows best and that he's doing things for the right reasons, 
so that when he comes to know somebody and accepts them and so on, then whatever they've done in the past, he treats as just in the past. Uh, when it comes to his own daughter, who runs off with Percy Shelley, um, he's, I mean, he doesn't speak to her for two years. He cuts her in the street. He won't you know, um, have any communication with her. Uh, and then they get married, and immediately he's writing to his brother saying, uh, my daughter's gone off and married an aristocrat, isn't that great news? Uh, so you there are tensions, yeah, but, yeah. It, but he, he thought that they were just being young and silly and hadn't really thought the thing mm -hmm. through. I mean, to, and to be fair, Shelley was already married. Uh, his wife was expecting their second child. Uh, so there, were, there was kind of damage being done to other, in, uh, other people. And you could perhaps think of these, these apparent contradictions as simply Godwin exercising private judgment. So rather than thinking of a, a sort of rule for everyone, that, that he, he considers each case on its own basis and he applies his own knowledge of their particular situation, his own sense of rationality to that situation, and, and this is how. So I think where, where we may see contradictions, I don't think Godwin would. Um, what is the use of Chazelle and Chabois in the middle of all this signify? Okay, so uh, what you'll find with the, uh, the Wollstonecraft entries is that they begin to peter out just at the point at which we know they began their affair. Uh, so he doesn't, first of all, he starts writing Wollstonecraft in the diary and then he abbreviates it to WLLST. And then you know it gets shorter and shorter, and then it becomes chez elle, chez moi. Uh, chez elle means that they're at her house. Chez moi means that they're at his house. Uh, and it usually, I mean, he uses French largely to indicate intimacy uh, and sort of uh, something kind of um, more something sensitive. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean the other example from the diary is Demelé. Uh, which he uses to indicate a fight with someone, generally with Thomas Holcroft, his, uh, yeah. his pal. Uh, and he uses it for health as well, doesn't he? And French. for health. Yeah. And he uses, for, for an extreme example, where he uses Greek and writes in Greek characters, tyranny. Um, and this, I suppose, demonstrates, this, again, sensitivity to uh, sensitive nature of the times. There was this fear of government uh, officials coming in, reading your personal papers, your private papers. So there's a real sense of... of, of Although, although the, the diary is, is, a, is a relatively austere document, there are these moments that give us the real insight to the kind of paranoia and, and, and troublesome uh, nature of the, of the times. Yeah. She had, Wollstonecraft had to be very careful. She was afraid that her landlady would throw her out if there was anything untoward in her behaviour. Uh, so, uh, in a sense, Godwin's Chemois, Chazelle is, is partly kind of covering, but it's also partly his own recognition of their growing intimacy. And, you know, for those with an eye to detail, it, there is one that then says about the 16th of August, Chemois Toot. And the letters that he sends or afterwards indicate pretty clearly that that was when they really did you know, become intimate. Uh, and it's only about two months later that he writes Chemois Bon. Uh, so th th he was a 40-year-old man who never probably had any kind of sexual experience before. Uh, she was you know, uh, about 36. Uh, she'd had sexual experience. She'd had a child. She was very much sort of uh, 
more schooled in kind of uh, uh, these things than he was. Uh, and the letters are quite touching about you know just how incompetent he is about uh, so many of these things. But that's what the chamois in Chazelle is. Yes, and he, he didn't really learn from it, did he? There's a, <laughs> there's a fantastic letter uh, from Charles Lamb, I think, who he meets later in life, describing his courtship of his of a second wife, where he dresses and it's it's it's, it's effectively a description of Malvolio from Twelfth Night, with these flamboyant clothes and these uh, odd gesticulations. Uh, it's quite funny. So yes, no, not quite the ladies' man, I think. Uh, was William Godwin. Do you think he would have um, married her if she hadn't been pregnant? So he didn't want, they didn't, or he didn't want to marry uh, because it was, he'd denounced marriage as a kind of institution within his kind of um, political justice. Um, she was much more aware of her own vulnerability and the costs for women were hugely greater than the costs for men. Uh, I mean, if you look at sort of leading politicians like Fox, who's carrying on a long-standing affair with Mrs. Armistead. I mean, that's, men are fine. They can go off and do it, and they might sort of come in for criticism from some areas of the kind of middle classes, but the, the behaviour was much more widely accepted. Uh, so I think, you know, um, he would have been increasingly aware of the extent to which her position was one that was kind of compromised. Uh, and that, you know, as a result, I suspect he would have eventually uh, married. So do you think, did he love her? In, or and what, what did he think of her? And do you, does the diary tell us much about that? The diary doesn't. The letters do. And it's clear that he loved her deeply, I think. Yeah. In his own way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, he, even in his memoirs, he sort of com complains that you know, she's sort of demanding of him in ways that he doesn't quite know how to handle. Uh, I mean, he, was, he, he had been a kind of dissenting minister. Um, he, you know, he brought up within the kind of uh, dissenting church, uh, used to kind of, uh, when he was a very small child, give sermons standing on a chair in the kitchen. Uh, damning all his kind of school fellows to hell for various kinds of infractions. Uh, so he was not a relaxed man. Uh, and Wollstonecraft was, I think, you know, uh, a much more sensitive, much more sensuous, much more kind of uh, you know, active and kind of engaged sort of person. And I think the relationship was had its ups and downs. And, you, you know, the, the notes are very tender between them. Uh, but they're quite often him saying, hey, that's an unreasonable thing to expect me to do, or don't you think you're letting emotion carry you away? Um, so yes, insofar as he loved, he loved her. He Mark is much more cynical than I am. <laughs> I think there's also, I mean, there's very clearly a sense that Mary Wollstonecraft is a sensuous, independent, intelligent woman. It seems very unlikely to me that she would have stuck by him. You know, so she felt it was something. Yeah. Yeah. And he kept her picture, uh, the one painted by Opie, uh, on his study wall for the rest of his life. And the second Mrs. Godwin had to live with that. Um, 
So. And do you think he respected her as an intellectual as well? Yeah. I mean, they disagreed, Respect. and they dis disagreed over religion in particular. Uh, and on the role of the emotions and the affections. Uh, and he was always slightly high-handed, I think, intellectually. Mm. But, but nonetheless, I think there wasn't any doubt that he thought she was, she was you know, intellectually very kind of uh, able. Mm. So did he agree with her views on women and stuff? I think in broad terms, yes. Broad terms, I mean, that's a, that's a big question, I suppose. Mm. But uh, I think broadly, yes. Mm. 